You're listening to the Student Ministry Podcast. If you're a youth pastor, small group leader, college pastor, or even a parent, this podcast is for you. Whether you're looking for tools and resources or encouragement and wisdom, you've come to the right place. Here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. I'm Kenny Ortiz. This is the Student Ministry Podcast. Thanks for listening. This is episode 19, and in just a moment, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, and that is podcasting. Yes, podcasting. And by the time you are done listening to this episode, you are going to have all of the information and resources that you know to podcast like a pro. Excited to dive into this content and uh, bring you this information. Um, Before we do that, I just want to give you a quick personal update. Uh, those of you who listen to my other podcast, Theology for the Rest of Us, you've you've already heard this personal update. Uh, I know there's a, a large overlap between the the two audiences for for both shows. Uh, but for those of you who don't listen to the other show, but you're, you're subscribed to this one, I want to give you a quick personal update. What was going on in my life? Uh, as you know, I haven't produced an episode uh, for this show in over three months. Just been super busy. And the holiday season came up, and I was traveling for work. So, you know, all those things put together, you end up not uh, producing an episode. And here we are, mid February, it's been over three months. Um, but the main reason I've been super busy is because I got a new job. Uh, I am now the director for the short term missions department at a great nonprofit organization called Bethany International. Um, and I know what some of you are thinking, some of you are thinking, Kenny, weren't you already a, a short term missions director? Weren't you already doing that? Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, well over a year ago, I started Blue Sky Missions, which was focused on planning short-term mission trips for church groups, uh, Christian high schools, youth groups, you know, any kind of group that wanted to go on a trip. We would plan a mission trip for them, had the opportunity to do that under the brand of Blue Sky Missions and was loving it. Um, but then I was approached by Bethany International asking me to come on board and be a part of their team. Uh, you may you may be familiar with Bethany International or at least may sound familiar to you if you are a subscriber of this show because I've had other staff people from Bethany uh, on this show. Back in episode 10, I had Dan Sanchez on talking about how he's effectively used text messaging uh, in marketing and branding. And in episode 17, I had Ken Frede on, uh, on the show and he is the director of one of their internships and on staff of the college there. So Bethany International is a very large organization with multiple different legs. There's a publishing leg. There's a, uh, there's a, a, a college that Ken Frere back in episode 17 mentioned. And then uh, there's the missions department. And that's where, uh, that's where I'll be working. So I've been familiar with this organization for many, many years, have deep respect for them. And I have now, in essence, uh, I have merged the operations from Blue Sky Missions with the operations of the short-term missions department uh, for Bethany, which is now called Bethany Teams. And so if you're out there listening to this, you're a youth pastor, a youth leader, church leader of any kind, uh, Christian school maybe, whatever, and you're interested in potentially taking your group on a short-term trip, We'd love to connect with you. Uh, you can you can head on over to blueskymissions.com. That'll actually forward directly over to our new website, or you can go directly to our new website, which is bethanyteams.org. If you're inter- interested in going on a short-term trip, would love to work with you. Feel free to reach out to me there. All right, let's get to the topic at hand. We're going to talk about podcasting. Uh, over the last several months, uh, really before that, uh, you know, when I first started getting involved in podcasting with the Inspiring Awesome Podcast, um, Way back in 2000, in the fall of 2013, uh, me and a, a dear friend of mine, uh, James Carberry, who you've heard me mention on previous episodes, uh, we started the Inspiring Awesome Podcast. And ever since then, I've had multiple people reach out to me and say, hey, how do you do podcasts? How, how do you get involved? How do you get started? What do you do? And so I thought it would be helpful to produce an episode because I've gotten several emails and tweets from some of the listeners of this show saying, hey, how do you podcast? We want to start a podcast. How do we do it? Or you know, we, we want to we stream our, our sermons. How do you do it? How do you get that taken care of. So I thought it'd be very valuable uh, to to do an episode talking about that. And rather than just me talk about it, I thought maybe I'd reach out to some uh, some experts in the space. And there's no doubt the interview that I'm going to bring you is from someone who really is the is really kind of the preeminent expert or one of the kind of the leading experts in the podcasting space. He is one of the oldest guys in the space. I don't mean oldest in in age. Uh, sorry, Todd, if you're listening to this, I don't mean that he's old. I mean that he is one of the guys that have been in the space the longest. Uh, he started his own podcast in 2004. And so for, for 13 years, he himself has been a podcaster. That was long before the iPhone. That was before uh, most of the directories that are out there. I mean, it was podcasting was this, uh, this like 
super obscure thing no one had ever heard of, but he was one of the first guys doing it and has been doing it uh, for, for many, many years. He is also the the CEO of Raw Voice, uh, which is the parent company for Blueberry. Blueberry is the, the largest podcast hosting company in the space. Uh, many people don't realize this, but iTunes and Apple, they don't actually host your show. People think that they go, oh, when I have a podcast, it's it's on Apple's servers or it's on it's on Apple's cloud. It's not. The iTunes podcast directory is nothing more than a directory. It's like a phone book, right? All it is is a list of shows that exist and where you can find them. So when you click subscribe on your iTunes, um, you know, iTunes app or in, in any your Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, whatever app you're using, whatever Android app or whatever, when you subscribe, all you all your all you're doing there is 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 you're telling your device where to go reach and get those files. So if you're using iTunes, for example, and you're subscribed, when your podcasting app connects to iTunes, iTunes simply tells your app where that show is actually hosted. Where is it living on the internet? It doesn't actually get stored at Apple per se. Um, and so you need your podcast to live somewhere. Just like a website needs to live somewhere, needs to be hosted, the podcast needs to be hosted. Now you could actually host your podcast and the audio files with your website on your web hosting server, but that's a terrible idea for a lot of reasons. And Todd's going to mention that you don't want to do that. There really is a specific type of hosting that you want to get. And it's specifically podcast hosting. There are dozens and dozens of companies out there that will do this for you. They can offer this service. Um, but there's only really a handful that I would recommend. And really the best one out there is Blueberry far and away. I used to be with a different company, but I ended up doing a bunch of research. I ended up, you know, checking them all out and kind of getting a feel. I did free trials at several of them just to get a feel for all of them. And I ended up realizing that Blueberry was really, uh, really the supreme leader in this space. And that's how I learned about Todd Cochran and, and, and kind of who he was and his experience in the space. Um, Blueberry, uh, they are involved in managing or hosting over 80,000 podcasts. Let me give you an example. There's about 300,000 podcasts in the world. Blueberry is involved in managing or hosting 80,000 of them. That is three times more than second place, right? I mean, Blueberry, they're just far and away the, the biggest and the best player in the space. And that's the reason why I think they are the, they're the one that you ought to use if you're going to go for podcast hosting. And no, they are not a sponsor of this show. They didn't pay me to say that. I am a customer of theirs and I love their product. Uh, and that's the reason why I, I go out of my way to recommend them. Uh, so in the you know, last couple of weeks, uh, I, sh I shot an email over to the staff team over at Blueberry and said, hey, I'm going to do this episode. Would love to have someone on your team. Got an email back a few days later saying, hey, our CEO, Todd Cochran, would love to be uh, on your show. And I thought, what? Are you kidding me? That's crazy. I'm going to have the CEO of, of Raw Voice of Blueberry on the show, Todd Cochran. He really is. He's like the guy godfather of podcasting, right? He, he's kind of really a guy that, that was at the forefront pioneering this medium, and, and I really appreciate his expertise. So without further ado, my interview with the godfather of podcasting himself, the CEO of Raw Voice, Mr. Todd Cochran. And we are on the line now with the CEO of Raw Voice, all the way from the beautiful state of Hawaii, Todd Cochran. Todd, thank you for joining the show. How are you feeling today, sir? Uh, aloha, Kenneth, and uh, I'm doing great and uh, glad to be on the show. I'm really, really glad uh, to have you. Uh, as I mentioned in the preamble intro that the audience heard, uh, you are the CEO of Raw Voice, which is the parent company of a company that I absolutely love called Blueberry. I'm a big, big fan, uh, personal user. We'll be talking about that in just a second. Uh, really excited to dive in and talk with you about podcasting. So really an honor to have you. Um, before we uh, before we dive into kind of the nuts and bolts of podcasting, wanted to just wanted the audience to hear from you, kind of a thirty second version of who you are and how you ended up to where you are today. Uh, sure, I'll try to do it in thirty seconds. Um, started podcasting in October of two thousand four. I've uh, personally recorded, and I you know started out as a podcaster from the very beginning. Uh, put in a little over. Well, I'm approaching twelve hundred episodes on my personal show, Geek News Central. I also do a a show with uh, Rob Greenlee from over at uh, Spreaker every week. We, him and I team up to do a show called The New Media Show. But uh, besides that, I've, I've probably done close to 3,000 interviews with uh, companies all across the country, including going to shows like the Consumer Electronics Show. So got a lot of experience uh, in the space, obviously, and was fortunate enough to be inducted into the Podcast Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. So, uh, yeah, been in the space a while. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Uh, 
it's really, really cool to just see the, the evolution of the podcasting forum, the, the media and kind of the medium itself, um, but also been really exciting to see that there's a lot of great innovations from companies like Raw Voice and Blueberry and obviously you and your team doing a great job there. And so I uh, would, would love to ask you just kind of on a personal level, uh, what is your favorite thing about podcasting, man? Why do you do this? Why do you love this? Well, a lot of people in the very beginning said that podcasting was a revolution in media, and I, I uh, have a little different swing on it. I, I, I call it an evolution of media, and what it really, what podcasting has done is given equalizing voice to everyone. You know, people were creating media long before podcasting got started, so it wasn't like we didn't have the ability to share our message uh, on the internet. But what really podcasting did was gave the ability to audit. You know, before the iPhone. And when we had just the, uh, you know, just some rudimentary MP3 players, we were able to take that media with us. And at the time, that was incredible that we were able to walk out of the house, be in the car, be on the treadmill or whatever, and and listening to media that didn't come to us from from mainstream media. I could listen to folks like you, and and it just uh, opened up a whole world of content. So for me, it was really the um, democratization of media where – Anyone with a voice, with a passion, can pick up a mic and build an audience and create a show and share a message. And, uh, you know, I, oftentimes I get from podcasters, I'll hear them say that, Todd, I'm only reaching uh, 500 people per episode. I'm like, and I'll ask them, where do you work? And they'll tell me, I said, how many, bought, how many people does your, your, the owner of your company, how many people do they oversee? And they'll be like, well, my company's like 40 people. I'm like, see, you reach a bigger audience than your boss does. So uh, it's really, um, it's really about being able to, to have a voice, and, um, and in many countries, you don't have that privilege, so yeah. it, it's good here in the United States that we do. Uh, love it, love it, love it, and you very, very similar. I mean, I've, I've loved the idea of just being able to literally pick up a microphone and some software and, and get cracking, so... Um, uh, so let, let's get kind of the, some of the, the nuts and bolts of, a, of the idea of podcasting. Um, you know, there's a lot of people listening to this that are predominantly church leaders, nonprofit leaders, and a lot of youth pastors. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of churches that uh, stream or will podcast their sermons. So they just take their Sunday morning service and put it on iTunes. Um, and that's fine. I, I know nothing wrong with that. Um, I don't listen to a lot of sermons on iTunes per se. Um, I listen to a lot of shows that are designed for the podcasting forum. That's that's kind of my preference or my, my yeah. uh, what I listen to. And I know that that's starting to grow. And I, I have, over the last year, uh, probably had at least a dozen emails, if not more, from people or tweets saying, hey, how do you get started in podcasting? Just people just sort of wondering how do you do that. So uh, tell us, if someone out there is listening saying, I want to start this podcasting thing, not just streaming ser- you know, sermons, but I actually want to d- develop this kind of medium or this kind of almost this talk show format um how do we get started well let me uh, prelude this question with just a comment if any of your audience has uh, church or team members that are going to be at proclaim 2017 we'll be at proclaim so feel free to stop by and, and see my team at the event and, and talk with them but if you're you know if you're in really it doesn't matter if you're creating sermons or if you're trying to create your own show it, it, it's relatively simple and I'll, I'll just tell you uh what my formula was uh, from the beginning is i really had a passion about a topic so you know i i did some pre-planning i kind of got to thinking a little bit about um you know what i want to talk about i'm kind of a tech guy so i was doing a tech a tech blog at the time and i said okay i want to talk about tech and what's new and you know tie in a little bit of science here and there and the mechanics of it, uh, you know, it hasn't changed from the very, very beginning. Um, I was actually on travel um, when I started my podcast. I started my podcast from a hotel room, and um, I went to a Walmart and picked up a fourteen ninety five LabTech headset and, uh, and and recorded my first dozen shows with that. But um, you know, initially today there is. Um, a lot of different gear that you can buy, but for someone that's brand new, um, I don't recommend going out and spending a lot of money. You're you're going to want to do this uh, on a relatively low budget to begin with to figure out if this is something you want to do. Because what we found is more than fifty percent of shows fail before they ever hit episode seven. They figure out this is I had a great idea and then determine it's too much work and then quit. And then if you go out and spend five hundred or thousand dollars for a gear 
you know, you're putting that stuff on eBay or, or on Craigslist to try to get rid of it. So, um, you know, I recommend starting out with a relatively low, inexpensive mic. Try to keep it under 100 bucks. maybe the ATR2200 from Audio-Technica. That's maybe a good start. Um, using uh, some free recording software out there like Audacity. So it, it, that's as basic as it gets as far as kind of like the initial gear that you need to actually record the audio. And, you know, even cell phones can be used today to record audio. But um, the, the end goal is to get that media file into an MP3 format. And, um, you know, and, and a lot of folks, that's how they start off, again, with a relatively inexpensive microphone and some off-the-shop, uh, you know, basically free software. Um, my studio setup is much different today. Uh, you know, I essentially, after I got going and was able to monetize my show, um, I, I invested in my studio and put some stuff in to basically make my process a lot smoother and cleaner and the sound better. But um, today, it's it's amazing. It started almost for nothing as far as the recording goes. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Yeah, and I, I, I echo that same thought. You know, there, there's not really a need to spend a bunch of cash up front. Um, no. The, uh, the, the, the software that I know a lot of people use, Audacity, it is a free software. Are there others out there that are similar for recording yep. that you might recommend? You know, to be honest with you, um, I, that's the primary one, I, and I, that's the one I'm familiar with. Personally, I use Adobe Edition, but, you know, I have to pay for that monthly. So, again, that's an ongoing cost. Right. So, you know, I, I think it's safe to start with the Audacity. Again, there's, there's probably a dozen solutions out there. In the end, what you really want to do is be able to have a physical MP3 file that you're going to be able to use as a, that will go into a, you know, go to the host and everything will be for the distribution of the show. Awesome. Um, I, uh, I, use, I use a software that actually is not designed for, for audio recording. I use Adobe Premiere, which is Adobe's video software. Um, right. But and that really is because I was lazy and I had already learned that years ago doing video editing and I just didn't want to learn a new piece of software. Although I probably could learn Audition easily. Um, that, that's so that's what I use. I know uh, I know some guys that use GarageBand if you're a Mac user, yeah. uh, but yeah. Audacity is the one that I know a lot of guys use. And then you mentioned the ATR twenty two hundred. The other mic, the other two mics I know I've used. Uh, I started off with the um, with the Blue Snowball. I think it's like fifty sixty bucks. And now mm-hmm. now I'm using the Yeti, uh, the Blue Yeti. I think I spent 120 bucks on this. Um, I, I think the challenge is, is um, and what I recommend on microphones with, especially if you're not really um, accustomed to using microphone, is the two microphones that you suggested are great. But if you want some longevity, I think you want a microphone that you can mount a stand that you can keep in front of you. Um, not saying that what you're using is, is not good. Um, it is because obviously the audio sounds great coming across today. But th- what will happen with the Yeti is you need to make sure that, um, you know, the kids are tucked away somewhere and the, exactly. the white. Yeah. So with the more directional uh, mics like the ATR, uh, you do have a little bit more control on exterior noise. And, you know, in my studio here in Hawaii, my windows right now are open. Um, and yet the sound is pretty good, but I also use a mic that kind of filters out some of that stuff that's that background noise. Right. So, um, you know, that's things to consider. But, uh, you know, those two mics that you recommended are, you know, mainstays. A lot of podcasters use those. I um, I, yeah, I have to go tell my roommate before I start podcasting every day. I've got to go over to my roommates and say, hey, everyone, I'm podcasting. Keeping it down. Keep it down out here. <laughs> uh, and uh, because exactly because the, they pick up everything. So. Uh, that's really, really good to know. Um, all right, so I'd love to ask you about systems. You know, I know there are a lot of them. You mentioned uh, a show with, that you do with uh, one of the guys over at Spreaker, which is a system I've used. I'm also familiar with Podbean, Lipsyn. There are others. My, my favorite is is the product that your company has has developed, uh, Blueberry. Um, kind of when, when people are considering a platform, what what are the thoughts or what are the things they ought to be considering when they're choosing a platform? Well, you know, I. I for the past uh, 12 years, I have uh, basically, and it's, it's ingrained in our company's DNA, is that um, my podcast today resides on geeknewcentral.com. My feed for my show resides at geeknewcentral.com. I'm fully in control and own that intellectual property. I have absolute control over it, and, it, and um, I always tell people, you need and you should um, – try to control 
your the stack, your brand. Now, there's different thoughts. Other companies have different thoughts. They'll say, you know, you host it over here and we'll take care of your feed. And I'm really not a um, proponent of that uh, because you never know what's going to happen with a company. Priorities change. Uh, they go out of business. You know, we've seen podcasts, and I'm not saying any podcast companies go out of business, but we have seen podcast companies that pass fail. So the way we've set up our system, and it's uh, the way we, we recommend podcasters get started is Number one, you start off with a WordPress site. And number two, you use our PowerPress podcasting plugin. And what that really does is that makes a WordPress site podcast ready by using the plugin, creates the feed, gives you a player that will go on the site. Um, if I go out of business tomorrow, the plugin continues to work even though I'm gone. So there's no risk in being able to control your brand, controlling your IP. Now, obviously, if I went out of business in two years, the plugin's going to need some help, but the plugin's open source. People can fork it. That's not going to be an issue. But, you know, I'm not going anywhere. We're, we're a, a for-profit company that's uh, making a profit. And, um, the um, you know, I think the, the, the being able to control your stack and, um, you know, especially if you're if you're building something, if you're, if you're a church, you're going to want stuff on the church's website. If you are an individual wanting to create your own uh, show or education series or whatever it may be, you know, ultimately, while it's good to promote on all these uh, third-party sites like Facebook and Twitter and so forth, you're going to want to have a place where when you're doing your show and someone had discovered you someplace else to say, I come back to, you know, come home to mama, come back to suchandsuch.com or .org or .show or one of the millions of domains uh, extensions that are available now, right. um, you can basically send them home. And that is really our our mindset. Now, that being said, the plugin's free. We do appreciate companies or individuals that host with us and, and pay for even maybe the pro stats. But what we've tried to do is make the publishing process seamless for the podcaster and it's it's not 100% the easy button but it's close we've got it so that you go in and if you've got a wordpress site you add the plug in you do the quick start and get you everything you basically need to be ready to submit to iTunes and if you host with us then we add an additional element where you write your blog post you upload your media and hit publish and you're done and it's all done within your dashboard within your ecosystem you don't have to go off to a third party site you don't have to set them stuff up you don't have to have them cross post um, so that is the, you know, the, basically the gist. And for those of you that are thinking about starting a show and you say, oh man, I don't want to go out and sign up for a WordPress account. Um, we actually give away a free WordPress site for anyone that hosts with us if they want one. Now it's at like your site.blueberry.com. Soon you'll be able to bring your own domain over, but, um, we basically give you everything you need to get started. All you really have to do is. Um, start recording the media. And that's the important thing. That's why a lot of podcasters quit. They get their heads wrapped around the axle on the tech side. And we try to eliminate all that tech issues and let you create media and have fun and do what the podcasting space is meant to be is to have, you know, share a message. Yeah, I I love the I, I use the PowerPress plugin. I love it. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I tell people on a regular basis, um, even if you have your own WordPress site. And again, as as Todd just said, it is super easy. It's it's, it's as easy as posting a blog. You open up a new post, put your show notes, your media in, you upload the MP3. I mean, it, it could take seconds if you wanted to. Um, in fact, I, uh, I used to use a different service, a company called Libsyn. They're great in a lot of ways. I, I was not unhappy with the Libsyn service uh, when I used them. Um, but when I discovered the ease of the Blueberry system um, in terms of being able to get it to my website easier, faster, uh, it, it won me over very quickly. In fact, I don't think I ever even log into my Blueberry account at the Blueberry website. I don't, I don't, or maybe, I mean, occasionally I do, I guess, but for the most part, I do everything right within my WordPress dashboard. I never even have to leave. I can see my stats there. Um, and I think for what I pay a Blueberry for hosting, um, is, is very inexpensive. It's, it's in line with what everyone charges. You guys aren't, you know, way more expensive. You're, you're in the same oh. range. Um, and so I, I appreciate that. I feel like what I get, uh, what I, I get a lot of th- kind of bells and whistles that are, that are fantastic. The biggest thing I love, and you, you alluded to this, but I love for you to kind of just, you know, make sure everyone understands the importance of this is I own, I own my RSS feed. Um, so if anyone listening to this doesn't know what an RSS feed talk, can you tell them 
just what is an RSS feed and why they need to own it. I know you you alluded to it, but I just want to I want to hammer that home. Yeah, so the podcasting space syndication, what how the podcast gets listed into iTunes and Google Plus and all these other platforms or Google Play, excuse me. How it gets distributed is via what's called uh, RSS, real simple syndication, and it's the technical part of it. It's an XML file, and if you actually look at it from a uh, in the in the raw version, you're going to be like your head, your eyeballs are going to cross because it basically has a bunch of gobbledygook in there. That if you read it, you'll understand it. But most people are like, oh my god, what is that? Get me out of here. So that RSS feed is essentially. Um, it is the heart of how your show gets distributed. And what you do is you simply, um, when you like go to iTunes to submit your show, you actually submit the feed address for that, uh, where that feed is located. So, you know, you, you mentioned Libsyn. Libsyn is a big purveyor of, hey, come over here. We'll, we'll take care of your show and we'll host your feed. And th- that is their, you know, they will tell you, oh, you should never host your feed somewhere else. And that's the difference in philosophy. Now, if you leave Libsyn, they will forward uh, through a series of stuff that they do on the web to your new location. But if you're starting out and you're brand new, you know, why not just do it right the first time and use what we consider the best practices and, and basically controlling your feed. And really what you, what you can do then is, again, everything's controlled within your dashboard. And on your site. Now, I must preface this a little bit. If you're going out and you're buying the cheapest hosting plan there is, let's say you're getting uh, the, the blue light special at a um, hosting provider, and that um, shared hosting account has absolutely like the worst performance ever, and your show gets popular, um, you may have a little bit of challenges at times because you went really, really, really cheap. So, I always tell people when they're signing up for um, a WordPress site on any hosting provider, and this, this is going to affect the website as well, is don't necessarily always get the cheapest plan, but you know, kind of get something mid-level, and that way um, it eliminates um, problems down the road. Now, what I mean by mid-level, you can get WordPress hosting for as cheap as like 12 bucks a year, um, self-hosted WordPress, or as, as you know, a, a, a good medium price might be around 100 bucks a year. Again, if you don't want to deal with it, you can just come to us and we provide it for you. And uh, but um, that uh, you know, is kind of my only caution um, in in hosting your own feed. There's and there's ways to mitigate that if you, if you all of a sudden grow and get big and um, that's what every show wants. Uh, but for most shows, they're very safe on a on a on a standard WordPress site, not something that's a, a blue light special. Uh, really, really great thoughts. And we're gonna we actually have an episode coming up. We're gonna be talking a lot about websites and web hosting best practices for churches and nonprofits. So uh, we will, we'll have that linked up in the show notes for this episode as well. Uh, so I, 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 I'm a big proponent of owning the RSS feed. I mean, I, I equate it to owning your own cell phone. I remember yep. I'm, I'm old enough to, I'm old enough to remember that you couldn't take your cell phone number with you when you left from Sprint to AT&T like I did back in 2002. Um, but um, it, now, now you can take your number with you. I think an RSS feed is similar. You know, if, if you if you don't own your own RSS feed, you can't take it with you, or it's or it's difficult to do so. There's some there's some hoops you got to jump through. Yeah, there's some minutiae you have to go through, and we actually have tutorials on how to move your feed without losing your audience. There are still a few, just a few bad characters out there that once you're with them, and if you leave, they basically tell you to pack sand. They don't forward your feed, so you could technically lose your audience. So choose wisely in picking a hosting provider, and again. There's a lot of companies out there. We'd, we'd love to have you over uh, with us, doing business with us. Um, matter of fact, we're the only um, podcasting company that actually has phone support, a 9 to 5 Eastern. So, you know, that is a little extra bonus. Sometimes you just need to call a friend and ask for some help. We have that available. Um, and, of course, uh, email support as well if you don't want to get on the phone. But I think that um, what we've tried to do, and here's the key, my team it was all podcasters. My my uh, raw voice slash blueberry was built from my listening audience. I put a word out, said, "Hey, listen, I'm looking for a programmer, a graphics guy, a biz dev. I'm looking for a lawyer." And the the formation and the genesis of our company came from listeners and podcasters um, in the space. So we understand really what it takes to build a show, and and all these lessons we've learned over the past really twelve years to um, you know 
try to get podcasters started on the best foot forward initially when they're starting their show to be able to reduce the number of people that are failing by the time they hit episode seven. We want you to, to be able to be able to produce content for years. Love that. Um, next question. I know that people have asked me multiple times. Um, we are currently on Skype and I'm uh, using a, a digital call recorder. Um, to, you know, if someone out there saying, how do I, how do I do what you guys are doing in terms of uh, interviews and recording? What, what are some of the best practices out there? Well, you know, I've, I've used Skype for years, and, and to be honest with you, nothing is foolproof. There's Unless both people are absolutely recording on both sides, there's never a 100% guarantee that you're not going to run into issues. But uh, um, I know there's a lot of solutions out there, but r- for me personally, um, Skype has worked about 95 97% of the time. And when we get in trouble is when someone's in a hotel room on bad bandwidth, um, but for the most part, I've had no problem doing interviews over Skype. Now, there's some extra layers of software that you have to use. I basically uh, use a separate computer. I have a completely separate, uh, I have a, a Mac Mini. It could be a laptop. It could really be anything. Um, and it doesn't take a lot of resources to run Skype, but I actually use a separate machine to have the Skype connection come in, and I just patch the audio over. Um, there's a few... Uh, additional pieces of hardware you need to be able to do that. I, I you said you're using a, a software capture program, right? Correct. Yes, so, I, I use a Malto call recorder. Right. So you don't even need. So at that point, um, you know, if you don't need the additional hardware, you don't have to spend the money. Uh, that's the best way. And, and there's additional. Uh, if you want to do a live interview show, uh, services like Spreaker might be a, an option for you. Um, to do is, and it basically they have the facilities for people to call in and be able to, you can do that live back and forth. But again, it's still a digital connection and you can have uh, cutouts and problems with, if, with yep. people dropping off. I've, I've used that. The other service I've used is Uber Conference. Um, mm-hmm. and only, and again, because if people can call in and then I can, yep. they can either log in similar to like a Skype por- portal or we, we sometimes I have to do a multi-person conference where some people sure. are calling in from a landline or a cell phone, um, and others are logging in through a web browser. Um, now I've I'm doing it sort of what I would call on the cheap because I haven't monetized my shows and I'm not yeah. I'm not making any money. So uh, you know my my wallet is my budget, um, yep. and so uh, so with that in mind, I've I've always tried to go cheap. But if someone says, hey, we we're going to monetize our show or, or we're willing to spend a little bit of capital. Um, you know, I, I've heard uh, Mackenzie Bennett on the on the Blueberry Power Purse podcast talk about uh, some of the hardware. So, any best practices or thoughts that people should be considering uh, if they're going to spend some extra money or they want to maybe up the quality of the audio when they're doing interviews? Yeah, the biggest uh, investment you can make in your show is definitely a, a microphone. Um, you know, and don't get me wrong, those HTR, those Audio Technica. Um, they're not bad. They're actually pretty good. My voice, and, and, and it, it, a lot of it has to depend on a person's voice. Um, my voice does not sound that good on a dynamic mic. So I've never been a fan of dynamic mics. But to use a condenser mic, you have to really up the game a lot in having a mixer and some additional stuff in, in the mix in order to support, uh, you know, the type of sound quality you, you want. So, um, yeah, but with the, you know, if I had to rebuild my studio today, and again, I've you know, this studio's uh, primarily about ten years old. Um, there wasn't a lot of digital project products then, so there's really no need unless you're going to do a multi-person um, show to really go out and have to buy a mixer board or anything like that. Now, if you're doing in studio or two or three people's coming in, or if you're doing a um, Doing this for your church, where there's a couple of people mic'd up, you probably already have uh, a mixer board that you can tap an audio feed off of to send to uh, a recording device. So you know, fortunately, many uh, in church situation, you don't have to go out and buy additional hardware. Um, but uh, for those that are doing uh, individual stuff, you just kind of have to to go as you can. Now, if you do spend the money, um, I've always said on the pro gear. Friends don't let friends buy Behringer. Um, I, <laughs> um, I'm not a, and that is the budget level 
entry to doing mixers and that kind of stuff. And, and, and it's actually a little bit unfair statement on my part because their product has gotten better. And I actually started out with a Behringer mixer myself, a little $49 mixer. But um, it, you know, I'm a big fan of Mackie products. But when you start talking that, you're, you're now in the three, four, $500 range versus the under $100 range. So, you know, you can go crazy on buying digital boards, and I mean, you can just like completely uh, uh, blow your, your budget out. I, I re- again, I don't recommend that. Um, again, if you're just starting out, you know, I would wait to do this big upgrade until you've got, uh, you know, 20, 30 shows underneath you. The main reason I bought Better Gear is I'm, I'm a dad. I've got three kids, uh, one in, actually two in college, one still at home. Uh, but uh, soccer, all the you know, all the stuff that's going on, I record every Monday, Thursday. So my goal was to be able to walk into my recording space, turn everything on, um, do my show prep, record the show, and be done, and not have to really mess with the audio very much. Be able to come out and have it about ninety percent there, out of the can, uh, to be ready to go and upload. And and what that really did was it saved me time. Um, so time for me was, you know, back with the family and not in the studio. And, and it, and I'm also, I go against a lot of the recommendations today. Everyone says, Oh, you need to edit your audio. I don't edit. And in what it, by not editing, what it forces you to do is become a better podcaster quicker. Uh, you're going to make mistakes. Uh, even now at 1200 episodes, I make mistakes and I'm like, hit, hit myself in the head i'm like knucklehead do you, you need to be careful on that next shift for me uh, not editing forced me to do more show prep to be ready to do the recording and then that in turn end up with being less editing on the other end some people just can't do it they have to edit but i would personally believe that editing your show is probably the number one reason shows fail because they get wrapped around the axle and they may spend 10 hours editing a 30-minute program that is not fun. No, not uh, at all. Uh, not fun at all. And if you have the budget, hire someone else to do that if you have to have editing done. But personally, um, my show's time sensitive. So as soon as I get done recording, my content is actually already expiring. So I have to get the content up immediately. Uh, so I've never edited it. Uh, cut it on both ends, do a little processing in the middle, and, and bounce it out, and it's gone. I use a product called Ophonic. Um, it's a wonderful product to use to get your levels right, remove some noise. It's kind of a quick and dirty way to uh, uh, get the audio right for online. Uh, so that's a you know it's a product. I, it's almost a toolkit product that you can't live without. And what what is that called again? I'm not familiar with that. It's called Aphonic. A U P H O N I C. There's a um, software as a service version, and there's a downloadable application version uh there's two different types of licenses if you're uh, not a pro show you can get it um, cheaper i think if you're a pro and you're doing commercial like i am it's like 300 bucks but if you're a non-pro show i think it's 99 dollars. it's probably the one tool i would say would be a big investment by or a good investment for anyone that's you know a few shows in and thinking this is going to work and i want i want to stick with this for a while that's probably one software product you'd want to buy that's a great recommendation. Thank you. Uh, my my other podcast is approaching episode two hundred, and I've gone through uh, a whole variance of different types of things. And so uh, I I feel like I've had a lot of issues with audio. Just feel like I'm just starting to figure it out, and I, I'm glad to to add that to my tool belt. That's exciting. Um, you know, one thing too is if you've got kids, you know, I had little kids when they started, and little kids like to turn knobs. So you know, you got to do something to protect that gear or take a picture of the gear to make sure you knew where the knob settings were. So if you get a little one in there and he's messing with the knobs, you're not pulling your hair out for two hours preparing. You just go to your picture on your phone and say, oh, yep, 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 yep. And you can, you can fix that real quick. Uh, that's, a great little, that's a great little life hack. I love that. <laughs> uh, two other items I just want to hit on. Um, one quickly, probably just thoughts on um, royalty-free music or, or sorry, uh, or uh, copyrighted materials and you know what kind of what you should or shouldn't do um, regarding whether intro, outro music, things of that nature. And then the last thing I want to just touch on is podcast players and and why I love the Blueberry Podcast Player so much. You know, copyright music is a slippery slope. 
and if it's a copyright and it's uh, not in the public domain explicitly, don't put it in your podcast. Um, there hasn't been significant crackdown, but having attended some conferences where people like the MPAA, RIAA, and stuff are in the audience and on panels, they know the podcasters that are playing copyrighted music. So if you don't create your own original music and you don't own the exclusive rights to it, be very, very careful. And in, even if an artist says, yeah, sure, go ahead, if that artist has a label, the artist oftentimes just can't carte blanche say, yes, you can have it in your show. You need to go to the label and get a written permission to do so. Be very, very careful. There's a lot of, um, I, I call it uh, pod sake music out there. Um, I don't, I've never run any music in my, well, actually I did in my first two episodes. I didn't know. I, I led off my, my very first podcast with ACDC back in black. Um, and I played like 30 seconds of it and it, obviously that was completely illegal. So those two episodes were edited down the road. So, um, my, if you can't self-produce and even if you, re, if you hire someone to self-produce some music, some intro music, Make sure they're not. Make sure they're using royalty-free and public domain clips if they're not doing the original recording themselves. Because all of a sudden you're going to get a takedown notice. You you not even know because maybe the guy that made the clip for you used something where it, it wasn't allowed to be used um, and digitally downloadable. Maybe streaming was okay, but so you got to be really, um, really careful on the on the music. Good, good, good thoughts. Um, and then we'll have in the show notes for this. We'll ha I'll have some links of places that I've used that I've gotten royalty free music for the audience. So feel free to go ahead and uh, check those out. Uh, last thing I want to hit on is the podcast player. Um, there, there are a variety of ones out there. I've used several different ones. Um, I use the sort of, um, I'm going to use the word generic, not as a, I don't mean that negatively. I mean that just to kind of, there's a couple different options for the blueberry. I use the kind of yep. the simplest version of it. Um, and I, I think it works great. Um, there are even better versions within Blueberry uh, that you, that I'm not even taking advantage of. Um, but tell us kind of about some of the philosophy of podcast players in general and why they make a difference for a, for a particular podcast. Sure. Number one, if you have someone land on your website and, um, and you know, if you look at web analytics, there's bounce rates. People often hit a website and they're gone in 15 seconds. So the key is, if you're doing episodes on, if you, if you have this website and you put this time in for the show, you want to wait for people to be able to, number one, subscribe to the show immediately. Number two, you want to have them to have the ability to, to play it immediately. They, sh they shouldn't have to go hunt on a secondary page. So number one, your media, your latest episode needs to be on your homepage of your website. Um, number two, as far as the players go, within PowerPress, I think we give you three or four, I think three free options. And, number, and the fourth option, if you're hosting with us, we have an unbranded um, podcast player. What you'll find is, I, I never fully understood this, if you're paying someone for a service and they're providing you a player, why should you be advertising their service on your website unless they were paying you to do so? So many of the players that are out there through the third-party companies have their logo on the player. And I'm like, Really? You're paying them and they're still advertising on your website. And I think it's a little dirty trick in the podcasting space. I don't like it. So when we built our player that our only our hosting customers get access to, we put none of our branding on there. It's, it's basically got your logo. It's all set up so that uh, you know they have no idea that you're using uh, Blueberry as a hosting customer. If they recognize the, the player, they will. But most audience members won't. They don't care. It's it's brand agnostic, so but it's got your brand on it, and I think that is again in living within the spirit of our DNA and making sure that uh, what you have on your website is under your control. It's building your brand, not mine, and I'm basically providing the service to get the heck out of the way. I want to make it easy for you, but at the same time, we want to give you the tools to be able to be successful in building your brand, not mine. I absolutely love that. Uh, I really, I, I appreciate that. And then, you know, as, as you said, when you guys built your player, there's a variety of kind of features that I'm not even taking advantage of. Uh, what are some of the features that you say that you guys have really thought, hey, these are the ones that we feel like people are getting a lot of traction out of? The, uh, on the player that we provide, we've got some social tools there that make it easy to share the episode. And matter of fact, we've got some great stuff coming. Uh, it's called Post to Social. It'll build, again, be built right in the dashboard of your WordPress site. 
Uh, it's not there yet, but currently we've rolled it out actually on the Blueberry.com website where you can actually uh, share two minutes worth of audio plus a post-roll promotional clip that you can create on Facebook. What we Our approach to social was no one's going to listen to a 30-minute program on a Facebook page. Most of us are scrolling, looking at the news, and moving on. We're not listening. But a two-minute clip, the beginning of your show with a little bit of promo, where to go listen to the the rest of the episode we thought was a good strategy for Facebook. So you've got the ability to uh, post a, a promotional clip to Facebook. On Twitter, we send the entire, because it was just easy for them, we send the entire um, audio clip to Twitter in, a, in an audio card. And what's really cool is they click on the play button and boom, there's the player. And it's got all the player functions uh, right on the website. And then third place we do is some people like to put their audio up on YouTube. So we change the audio file into a video file and send it to YouTube and post it there. Um, again, uh, that's a different distribution strategy, but we've made it available. We'll continue to add more social posting stuff, but I'm excited about being able to bring this functionality into the dashboard on your WordPress site, and that'll be coming in a very soon release of PowerPress where you don't have to come to our site to do it. It's all about keeping with, again, with the DNA of having it internal and it, that service will only be available, uh, post to social will only be available for those that uh, host with us. But yeah, we're all up on all the social media stuff and we're adding more all the time. But what drives our product innovation is our users. Every suggestion we get, we put in a spreadsheet. And um, if we get uh, more than one request for the same feature, obviously it goes up higher in a priority. But uh, we rack and stack at, uh, every year the full list of suggestions and depend where we're going to spend our dev dollars to uh, to improve the the product for our customers. Uh, that is uh, that is fantastic. Um, now there are a, a variety of other uh, products out there, third party players that are not coming from uh, hosting providers. So you know the, you know the the Podbeans or the Lipsins and the other guys out there, they have those players the way Blueberry right. does. I think Blueberry kills their products. My personal preference opinion, um, but there's these third party companies that work with kind of. They are sort of a hosting provider agnostic. Um, you know, any, any thoughts or, or do, are there a lot of Blueberry customers using any of those? Um, do you feel like those are necessary? Or are there reasons why someone might want to use a third-party version rather than the, the native Blueberry? Sure, and, and I know there's a couple of plugins out there that have been designed. I, I think the main thing is what we're providing for you as part of your service. You don't have to pay an ongoing yearly fee, which some of those uh, players require you to do. I th- you know, in the end, what I really think it boils down to is a personal preference of a podcaster and what they want on their website. Um, you know, we integrate with uh, a lot of those third-party player plugins. You know, they make sure it works with PowerPress. So, you know, I don't have an issue with it whatsoever. I think it's up to again. I my aspect is what the podcaster wants, the content creator wants should be priority number one. I'm not going to stand in the way of someone trying to uh, change the look or have a different player. Uh, but, you know, I think they've all done a, you know, tried to fill a niche. And we took Mias with you when we built our player last year because we've only had a, uh, our own uh, dedicated player that we provided for about the last year. As we looked at every one of those players, I said, I like this, I like that, I love this, I hate that, I like this. And we took all those ideas and rolled it into our stuff. Of course, that was a team effort. And we've had some suggestions on how to improve our player too. So, um it just depends on how, you know, there's 25 different ways to skin a cat. It all depends on how you want to do it. So really, yeah, it comes down to, uh, to you know, personal preference and, and look right. and feel. Yeah, and yeah. I, I like the way that the simple Blueberry version looks. I've seen some other guys that use Blueberry that kind of use some of the enhanced features. Um, you know, the, the simple podcast player, the smart podcast yeah. player, you know. Uh, but you said a lot of them have, uh, you know, a, a monthly fee or an annual recurring fee. Um, and I don't, I don't want to pay that. Uh, I was, ar- I'm already play- paying Blueberry monthly for hosting. And if yep. it was going to, if it was going to come with a package, I was going to take advantage of it. And, and and I may add here too, a lot of people say, well, why you pay for hosting? You, you've got a website over at whatever your host, why don't you use their hosting? And what we found is, um, you might get away with that for a little while, but if you have a spike at some point and you have a lot of traffic um, on, a sh- on most shared hosting accounts with uh, on any hosting provider. You're allotted so many CPU utilizations on a maybe a 24-hour period or so. As soon as you start spiking that traffic, and even though you may have this unlimited, supposed unlimited bandwidth account, all of a sudden you start getting notices from the hosting provider that says, hey, we've got a problem with your account. We either need to upgrade or you need to, or we're going to cancel you. 
Um, sometimes they just shut you off. We see it every single day. So don't, my advice, and again, it, again, I'm a, I'm a hosting provider and I make money on hosting. So you can do your own research out there on your own to back up or, to, you know, to confirm what I'm telling you is that, um, hosting your media the same place that your website is, is generally a bad idea. Um, you may, again, you may get away with it for a little while, but uh, all of a sudden you find your site dark and you're wondering why. All it takes is uh, the right tweet by someone, uh, and we basically handle that. We have a, a commercial CDN with pops throughout the world. You never have to worry about your media going offline and, and causing your site to be uh, taken offline. Yeah, in fact, I don't, I don't know how you guys do what you do. It's quite remarkable. Um, you know, uh, I, I actually own a web hosting company, so a small web hosting company, and I don't host my own media. I, I pay Blueberry to do it. Right. Um, and so, you know, uh, this, this show, Student Ministry Podcast, you know, gets about two to 300 downloads an episode. Um, if, if, if I had a client who were, was hosting this media for this show, I would ban them off, off the server, or I'd, right. I'd require that they, and then my other show, Theology for the Rest of Us, yeah, you know, uh, 1,500 to 2,000 downloads an episode. The, the bandwidth, that would cost me hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month to keep that up and running. And I think I pay like 40 or 80 bucks a month to you guys. I mean, it's it's a tenth, I think, or a, you know, maybe a fifth of what I would pay. I legitimately was telling a friend of mine, I don't know how you guys do it. Well, in, in all honesty, in the beginning, it, it, it was tough. Um, but as you build volume, you're able to negotiate lower pricing on bandwidth so when you get to the point where you can move let's say for example a thousand terabytes a month um you can negotiate really good uh per gigabit pricing there's really no secret formula to it it's you know this is public known info but you got to get the volume to be able to do that so you know we ate it to begin with uh to get to the point where we had enough volume where it started working out so um and also what it also equates to is every show is different. So there are shows that I have that I host today that are loss leaders. They definitely use more bandwidth than what uh, uh, than what they're paying for, and they and they are on the positive side every month. But then there's on the other side, I've got podcasters that have a little smaller show. So it's it's a little bit of a numbers game, but it also is a volume game. So um, the key though is really getting the volume up, and you know where it becomes cost effective is you really have to be in that. You know, in, in anyone that understands what I'm saying here, the three to five hundred terabyte range is um, then you can start negotiating some really good rates. Um, at the same time, I also have a pro customer side of the business where shows, the commercial shows, uh, radio stations, and so forth like that, they are not on the all you can eat model. They are on a they pay a per gigabit price, but I have the best, the most competitive pricing in the space when it comes to that as well. So. Again, it's because we're doing enough volume. If I wasn't doing the volume, there was no way we could do it. Continue to do it long term. Uh, and it's I, I I'm a beneficiary and I love it. Uh, what is the what is the least expensive plan that someone's going to start off with hosting at Blueberry? Uh, what are what's the plan that most people are on? And then what's kind of if if someone has a show that really does well, what what might they spend? Kind of what are those three different ranges? Well, it's really based upon the storage amount. So if you're doing a show uh, once a week that's uh, 30 minutes long, our, our $12 plan uh, will es- essentially do you just fine. And, and the way we break it down is for $12, you get 100 megs of storage plus 25% of extra. So basically, we kind of have like this, uh, uh, we give you a little extra in case you need it. You don't have to use it, but if you can. So on a 100 megabit plan at $12, that's 100 megs of new storage every month. Um, that's $12. Um, a majority of our folks are on the $20 plan at about 250 megs per month. And again, we give an additional 25% of storage if you need it, uh, which we call no-fault overage. Um, and then we have, again, it's all based upon the amount of content you're creating. So the way I, the math that you do this is real simple. If you're encoding at 128 kilobits per second, it's a mega minute. Um, if you're at 64 kilobits per second, it's half a meg a minute. So essentially what we've on your 100 meg plan, um, we can uh, take 100 minutes of content per month at 128 kilobits or 200 megs, 200 minutes of content at half a me- at, at 64 kilobits per second on the encoding. So, but again, most folks fall in between that 12 and $20 plan. 
Now, we'll say this. You get pro stats with this and all our other services where you can use the surveys. You can get involved in the monetization. Um, you can replace media on demand. So if you've got an episode you need to uh, re-upload, you can write over the top of the media that you had. We are a little bit higher than uh, some like Libsyn. Libsyn's got a little bit cheaper of a plan. But here's the main difference. I'm an American-based company. I hire American only. So uh, all our employees are based in the United States. I can't say that for the other hosting companies. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Podbean is Chinese, um, uh, owned by a Chinese company. Uh, if you go to some of the other ones, some of them are in uh, Eastern Europe. Uh, so not, I think we're probably the only 100% pure, uh, if this even matters to you, made in the USA. Um, so that might, it probably explains a little bit difference on our pricing. But again, we started out at 12 and then and there's a 12, 20, 40, and $80 plan. And at the $80 plan, you're creating, um, you know, a thousand to 2000 minutes worth of content a month. Yeah, I was, uh, one of my shows, I was doing a daily show last year for theology for the rest of us. And I had to bump to the 80. I think I'm now back to the 40. I can't remember, but, um, but you're right. That's, that's the exception, not the rule. Most guys are in the 12 to 20 bucks range. Um, yeah, and uh, I think for what I get at your company, it is well, well worth it. Uh, in fact, it should be more. Uh, you, you don't have to change it. I mean, you can keep it the way it is. <laughs> and <laughs> oh. we're not. Don't worry, the price won't go up. Um, now, if someone for some reason has their own system and they don't want to move over for whatever reason, they can get just the pro stats, correct? Sure, sure, yeah. And actually, we everyone can have the free stats. Free stats are available to anyone. They can uh, employ our redirect in front of their media URL and. Uh, that's just basically a fancy word of basically making the URL work with our stats, and we have instructions in our stat system. So you can get free, anyone can get free stats, and then uh, uh, for $5 a month, you can get the pro stats, stand, uh, basically standalone. You don't have to host with us. Uh, and we've got about 40,000 podcasters that ha they get their stats with us. So um, we appreciate everyone that pays for the fight. And what we do is we give you a lot of information for free, and we give you basically extended information uh, for the $5 a month. And you can really dig down deep. And boy, I tell you, there are some fanatics out there. They're checking their stats uh, several times a day. I, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the stats. It's helped me figure out where, where people are coming from, what browsers, where they're using it. Lots of things that I otherwise wouldn't have known that have helped me capture a, a larger audience. So that's been extremely helpful to me. Yeah, and that's in, in we're on the IEB podcast measurement committee and we're involved in the releasing of the initial specs that they had come out with. Uh, we, you know, we started out that first product was building a stats engine because we were primarily an advertising business to begin with and we needed a way to measure shows. So we've been doing it a long, long, long time. So, um, you can't go wrong with our, with our metrics. It's something that, uh, is being tweaked and monitored on a almost daily basis. Absolutely love it. Uh, Mr. Cochran, this has been fantastic. I, I am so thankful for you and uh, you taking time out to invest uh, in the audience of this show. If there's anyone listening to this um, that, that would love to just maybe reach out to you by Twitter or, or some other format, is, is there a way that people can kind of just give you a shout out or shoot you a, a comment? Sure. And, you know, if, if it's support related, uh, anything to do with um, sales or anything like that, just email support at blueberry.com. If you want to... Uh, reach out to me. You can do it at Todd at Blueberry.com. Um, my personal uh, Twitter account is basically uh, in relation to my podcast. It's at Geek News. Uh, of course, we've got um, a company-wide uh, Twitter account at Blueberry. But the support at Blueberry.com, believe it or not, I see it. Mackenzie sees it. Mike sees it. Uh, so about four or five of us are actually on the email chain for that. So it'll get to me that way too. Uh, but the direct way would definitely be Todd at Blueberry.com. And uh, again, if you're, um, we have been working with a lot of faith-based uh, um, groups in the in the past uh, couple of years, and helped a lot of churches and synagogues and a whole variety of folks get um, uh, their podcast up and online. And most uh, churches already have, uh, uh, fortunately, have WordPress, so it's, it just makes it easy to plug in the PowerPress plugin. But again, if you have team members that proclaim which is be down in Orlando at the end of February. Uh, stop and see us. We'll be we'll have a booth there in the in the exhibit hall, and uh, we're very proactive in working with uh, with faith based uh, uh, organizations and and helping them 
like helping their tech teams get uh, their shows launched. I love it. Thank you so much. So anyone out there, feel free to reach out to Todd and his team at Blueberry. Uh, you will not be disappointed. Uh, Mr. Cochran, thank you again so much. Really appreciate your time today. Hey, thank you for having me on, and uh, good luck with your podcast. Thank you, sir. And there you have it, my interview with Mr. Todd Cochran, CEO of Raw Voice, parent company of Blueberry. I told you he was super smart. Uh, so thankful for Todd and his his willingness to spend time uh, on the show, investing in this audience, giving us lots and lots of info. Uh, if you missed a bunch of the stuff he said, you, you weren't able to write it down, that's okay. You don't have to. You can head over to the show notes, uh, Look at go to studentministrypodcast.com, look at the show notes for episode 19 and everything that Todd and I uh, mentioned are on there. I want to encourage you to check out his his two podcast, uh, Geek News Central and New Media Show. If you're interested in kind of keeping up to date and what's going on in the world of media and kind of the tech world, if, if you are a techie like me, uh, you'll enjoy those shows. Also, he mentioned some of the conferences. Uh, the we've, I got on the website, I've got the recommended microphones. I've got the recommended software that he mentioned. Um, the, the two hosting systems that I would recommend is Blueberry, of course, his company, but the other one that you might want to check out is Spreaker. Spreaker is valuable if you want to do live shows, if you want to do like live streaming, live shows, video or audio, um, and then you want to then take those files and put them in a directory. Spreaker uh, could be really valuable there. Also, uh, the PowerPress plugin from Blueberry is really valuable. There are two other plugins I want to mention that I think would be valuable to check out. One is called Jetpack, and the other is called Yoast. Jetpack basically kind of supercharges your WordPress. If you're using WordPress, install Jetpack. It gives you a bunch of extra features to kind of add to your website. And then Yoast CEO is really viable because it helps optimize your website for search engine optimization. So when you're doing show notes for your podcast, you want to make sure you've got some good CEO juices in there. Um, also on, on the show notes, I'm going to have some articles about podcasting itself. Um, uh, the Bl Blueberry has an online manual that will be linked up there as well as how to how to submit to all of the major directories. Right, iTunes is the big dog there. That's the major directory. Uh, but there are others. You know, there are 15 other or at least a dozen or a dozen other directories you're going to want to submit your show to. Um, that's one of them on there. The big you know, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio. Uh, there, there are others you're going to want to check out. Um, so there, I have a link there to a blog from another organization that will kind of explain all the things there, how to do that. Uh, the, the Skype recording software, there's three that I recommend. Um, two, uh, three, uh, two of them are for Mac or for PC. One of them is Mac only. You can check that out. The recording software we mentioned is listed on there, royalty free, and then uh, podcast players. Let me just take a moment. I want to talk about podcast players because this is a really important thing. I know Todd and I mentioned it in the show, but I want to kind of just take a moment and kind of dialogue about players in general. I think a lot of people don't realize how many people will go to your website and listen from your site. It's a huge number. There's so a lot of people do, that will do that. And so um, you want to make sure you have a really intuitive, good-looking player. Blueberry has a native podcast player. Uh, if you're listening to this show on the website, you're looking at it, obviously. Uh, but I use the very bare-bones version of it. There's actually a, a kind of a, a souped-up, much better version that I don't even use that I probably should be using, but uh, but I don't for just – I just haven't gotten around to to, to, uh, to, to getting it installed uh, on my site. It's actually, it'd be pretty easy. I've just been busy. Uh, I became a customer of Blueberries before they even launched this new player. Um, and so I haven't gotten around to using it, but it's really, really intuitive. Uh, there are three other options I want to I want to invite you, it's particularly if you are not a WordPress user. Now, most of you, for most churches, are probably going to be using WordPress to, or, or, or some comparable. Um, but if you are not using uh, a standard CMS like WordPress, and you're using kind of a raw scripted or some other proprietary service, the the best player that I have found that might be valuable is the TuneIn Radio player. TuneIn Radio, it's it's a directory. Um, but they've really focused in on live radio streaming or streaming for radio stations. Um, and they also have some some specific content like sporting events that you can stream and, you know, baseball games, football games, things like that. Um, so the TuneIn Radio Player, though, when, when you submit your show to TuneIn, you can go to their website and they have a player that, can, that will populate all of your episodes, all of your content that you can then put on your website. Now, it will be branded. It will say, you know, powered by TuneIn or something like that, and it will be on your player. Um, but it's a free player that you can have on your site if, if, if you don't have a player to use. And if you're not using WordPress... 
um, there's not many options for you out there. You're going to have to have someone custom code something. It can be really expensive or really frustrating. Uh, the TuneIn Radio product is the product that will be completely free to you. So you just submit your show to TuneIn Radio, and then you go into the developer section and you get their player. But I'll have that linked up in the show notes. So if you go to the show notes for, for the episode 19 at studentministrypodcast.com, scroll to the very bottom where I have the podcast players, click on the TuneIn Radio link, and that'll take you directly over to the page that will sh- on TuneIn's website that will show you how to get their player on your site. It's, it's not it's not super intuitive like the Blueberry or some of the other ones, um, but it is at least it's sufficient uh, if you want to use that and you're not using WordPress. So that would be the thing I recommend. Uh, the other two podcast, player, podcast players that are out there, they're not free. Simple Podcast Player, I think it's like $47 per as of the, as of the recording of this, you know, to have that on your website. Um, and then Pat Flynn's Smart Podcast Player, which is very intuitive in a lot of ways, um, but is it's like seven to nine bucks a month, something like that. And that can definitely get pricey for some people. So uh, that might not be the ideal. But I mentioned all of them there because I think they're all worth checking out. Again, don't just take my opinion. Do the research. Figure out which one will work best for your purposes. Uh, and again, you can find that in the show notes there with, with all the other uh, items we mentioned in the show notes at studentministrypodcast.com, episode 19. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Hope it's been helpful. If you have a question or topic that you would like me to address on the show, or if you know someone that you think would make a great interview guest, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email. The address is heyortiz at studentministrypodcast.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at studentministrypodcast.com. Or you can connect with me on Twitter. My handle is Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Hey, to ensure you never miss an episode of the podcast, subscribe to our show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. That'll guarantee that every episode gets delivered directly to your device. If you're loving the podcast, head on over to iTunes, leave a five-star review. Those reviews are a big, big help to the show. The intro and outro music for this episode has been Actionable by Ben Sound. Thanks again for listening. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been the Student Ministry Podcast.